All right, what is up, folks? What is going on? And welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. How's everybody doing? My name is Mike, and thanks for checking back in on another episode of the show. And as always, we have another episode that is packed to the gills with all kinds of horror shit. So let's jump right in. And uh, first and foremost, here's where you can find us online on the interwebs. First is our website, which is ahpod.com. It's A-H-H-P-O-D.com. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Just search for America's Hometown Horror, and you will find us. And you can find all of our episodes on those platforms as well. If you're into listening to uh, our podcast on YouTube or Facebook, hey, you do you, my friend. You can also find us on Twitter at Hometown Horror, and you can find us on Instagram at Hometown Horror Pod. And shit, you can even shoot us an email at Hometown Horror Podcast at gmail.com. Also, a reminder that we are now a part, a member, I should say, of HorrorFacts.com. Uh, HorrorFacts.com, in case you don't know, is an awesome resource for any horror fan for news, reviews, podcasts, including our podcast, as I've mentioned. Just go on there. Uh, go to horrorfacts.com slash podcasts and you will see our show right there. So with that all being said, it's uh, time to bring in our co-host or my co-host, I should say. As always, I am joined by Andrew. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How we doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Also joined by Snack and Cat. What's up? <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Hi. Nobody can see you waving right it. now. Just what call do you it mean? It's okay. No one can see nobody me can waving? S- no, everyone... No, I'm saying... No, no, nobody that's listening to the show can see you waving. Oh. Never mind. Hi, well, Kat. Hi. Yes, so we can't hello. can't snacking either, then? No. That's good no, to know. No, of course not. We can and last but not least, we're also joined by our newest co-host, the one, the only, Matt Audette. What's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on? How are you? Not too much. Obviously, it probably sounds a little bit different uh, to kick the show off here tonight because of uh, fucking COVID. There was a little bit of a COVID scare, so we're all recording remotely, which uh, hopefully the audio quality is good for this episode. If it uh, is a little bit less than stellar as it usually is, then please forgive us. Uh, I'm sure we all sound great, though. I mean, it sounds good to me through the headset. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what's uh, what's been going on, guys? I mean... What's been uh, what's been happening since the last time we recorded last week? Talked a little bit about uh, shit. What did we talk about last week? Firestarter. Firestarter. Yeah, that's how forgettable that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I've been doing the same normal things: watching TV, watched a couple movies. I was watching Freddy's Nightmares on Tubi, the '80s TV series spinoff. So that was fairly entertaining for uh, a couple hours yesterday. I did see, I did come across that when I was scrolling through Tubi recently. That is, that's uh, pretty awesome that that's on there. Yeah. Definitely a, a unique find for sure. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's good 80s, like super 80s junk. So I recommend nice. it. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Andrew, Kat, you guys been doing anything good? Watching anything good? Anything new to report before we kind of jump into our usual uh, list of things that we want to talk about here? Because I feel like we have a lot to talk about with this movie tonight. Not really for me. No, I I didn't really have we we were just busy all weekend that I didn't really get much TV time in. But cool. Yeah. Andrew, any uh, deep uh, cuts to report on watching? No real deep cuts, but I actually um, it was a couple of weeks ago I watched it, but I completely forgot about it until we watched we were going to be talking about tonight because it has uh, Jesse Buckley as one of the main characters in the movie. It was I'm thinking of ending things. It's on Netflix. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that. It's uh, Jesse Buckley's in it. Jesse Plemons is in it. Really weird movie. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Schenectady, New York with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but the it's a, based off a novel and he wrote that other, uh, whoever wrote the novel wrote that novel as well. It's a really wild movie. Like it's basically just this guy takes his girlfriend to visit his parents uh, during a blizzard and they stay at the house and the parents are really weird. Tony Collette's the mother in it. She's really good. And um, she's good at everything. I don't want to like give it away too much, but it's like, it's just a really weird movie. I still don't know how I feel about it. I feel like I'd have to watch it again, but it's very well acted. It's very different, kind of trippy, but I would recommend like giving it a shot. at the end. Cool. Interesting. I've, I haven't actually haven't heard of that one, but um, wait, so you're you talking about this is still, I'm thinking of ending things or this Connectedy New York movie. Uh, this is, I'm thinking of ending things, but if you have seen Connectedy New York, the, the guy that wrote that book, which that movie's based, which that movie is, um, wrote this book too. So it's along the same lines of just really gotcha. weird. I guess you could classify it as somewhat horror. 
I didn't really see it as horror. It's more like a psychological kind of horror, horror adjacent, if you will. Yeah, just creepy. Nice. That's one of those movies that I think I've had in my list for a while, and I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh my god, this is so much more awkward than it usually is on this Zoom thing. I feel like this is so fucking. This is driving me crazy. We'll we'll catch our two years into this bullshit. I just feel like I don't want to talk over people. I know. I know. I'm more pause thing. Yeah, there's like that slight delay, and you're like, "Is someone talking yet?" I don't know. Yeah. Like so I'm just going to talk over everybody and say, fuck it, let's go. Like, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're I'm drinking we'll a saying... couple whiskeys, so once that starts getting the, uh, we're good to go. Woo-hoo! There you go. I definitely should have grabbed some alcohol for this episode, but I decided against it at the last minute. But hey, um, one thing that I started watching uh, earlier this week, just to kind of prep myself, I, I should first and foremost start out by saying happy uh, Stranger Things 4 week, you guys, as uh, the volume one of Stranger Things 4 drops on Friday. Everyone aware of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot it was coming out this week, but I knew it was coming out this week. How are we going <laughs> to watch all of the seasons before Friday? I don't think we're going to be able to uh, do that. I think we're going to have to uh, I think we're going to have to, you know, stick with like one of those like recaps that Netflix does. I'm sure they'll have like a recap of all three seasons. That's like seven or eight minutes long. I mean, I pretty much pretty much remember everything that uh, everything that has happened anyway. I just feel like there's been so much good TV on lately that we haven't even had time to to watch it. I mean, we still haven't finished Ozark yet. And I've, I know right. we got a few episodes left of that. So. But yeah, Stranger Things is coming uh, on Friday. Pretty excited for that. That show rocks, and it's been away for way too long. I feel like they've been teasing this uh, this new season of the show for way too fucking long, and it's about goddamn time that they uh, they bring it back. Does the timeline you know in the show match like how much they've aged in real life? I don't know. It's actually funny you say that because I was just gonna say I feel like that these kids are gonna be like in their thirties by the time they finish the yeah. show. For Christ's sake. <laughs> I know uh, they're doing this season and they're doing a season five and it's over after that. So oh, I okay. think that they have either already started filming season five or it's like done. It's like in the can, like ready to go. Yeah, because there's this volume one and two and then another season on top of that. Correct. Yeah. So oh, volume wow. one for this season comes out Friday and then volume two uh, comes out in July, I believe they're saying. And I think that like I was reading somewhere, it might have been bloody disgusting that um a lot of the episodes in volume one are like movie length. I think that the last two episodes oh, wow. of the season of the, or, or a volume one are like an hour and a half long. Each episode's like an hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes long. So they're kind of going like the, uh, the last season of game of Thrones approach where everything was longer. Hopefully they, uh, they stick the landing a little bit better than game of Thrones did. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. No, we shall see. Go ahead, you know Andrew. what's killing me right now is everyone else's video is synced up except for Mike's, and it's literally like he's still talking right now while I'm talking, but it's just oh, it's like killing me. I can't do it. I can't take it. But it must be your internet connection. No, because like everyone, everyone else's I, I, everyone else's is fine. It's just yours. It's Mike. <laughs> is that is the same thing happening for you and Cat no. Matt? No, actually, it's Cat. Cat it? Mike Matt's is perfect for some reason. I don't Maybe know. It's our well, Wi-Fi. Again, a fuck you COVID, and this is why we're not in person right now. So eat a dick, fuck you, and go away. Um, anywho, a couple other quick things before we jump into this movie tonight and try and have a conversation, uh, you know, a Zoom call here, or a restream call, I should say. Uh, did you guys hear that one of the, uh, saw this in the news recently, this is kind of funny. Um, one of the child actors from Jaws just got elected the police chief on Martha's Vineyard. Did you hear about this? You hear about yeah. this? You see this? What's the deal with that? Yeah, yeah apparently one funny. of the kids. I wonder that... how. Go ahead. <laughs> I wonder how much him being in that movie in that role had to do with him becoming. The... He was a police chief, right? He's the police chief, and I I saw that his father I think was the police chief at the time that the movie was being made. So I think uh, he he has uh you know his family has been in law enforcement on the vineyard. Story checks out then. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. So he was one of the kids, basically, that was uh, swimming around with the cardboard fin, playing the prank. He's like, th- yeah. those two were actually brothers in real life, and like one of those two brothers was elected the police chief uh, in Martha's Vineyard. Kid, small world. Yeah, That's cool though. Um, fun, fun fact: lived in Massachusetts my entire thirty-five years in this earth. Never been to Martha's Vineyard. Never been to Nantucket. Wow, Martha's Vineyard's awesome. It's expensive, but it's awesome. I just want to go there to go on like the Jaws tour. You can do there. Mm-hmm. The beaches are fantastic. I'm not a beach guy, but I love. I, we went there last summer, and it's uh, really, really nice. It was fun. Maybe, maybe Another this fun is the summer fact. we go. Did you know that you can be uh, topless at all Nantucket uh, beaches now? That is new. Did, new. I, yeah. I did hear about yep. that. I did hear about that. 
Wait, it has to be voted by the attorney general, I thought. Some like it had to go to one more person to vote, but like the town the people have spoken. Said, yeah. <laughs> they want to let them uh, all hang out though. That's crazy. I mean, let it all flop around. Tower to them, I guess, if that's what they want. Hey, hey, you know, I mean, to each their own, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. We bring back like the free the nipple campaign. Free the nipple baby. <laughs> From from Instagram to the beaches of Nantucket, free the nipple. Correct me if I'm wrong, but do I see a uh, nipple? <laughs> Always going to bring in the Seinfeld reference, buddy. Always. Always. Oh, and Otis, I'm sure, is going to chime in from time to time here. This is going to be a great episode. I'm super excited about all this technology. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we jump into uh, this movie here tonight. Uh, Matt, Andrew, Kat, I know I sent this to you guys earlier, but uh, hey, so June is the 40th anniversary of John Carpenter's The Thing, and it's uh, coming back on a limited release to theaters, uh, including two showings that are going to be playing at the, uh, you know, Independence Mall, Kingston Collection, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So there's going to be two showings of The Thing in June in Kingston at the Kingston Collection. So that that was a fun little thing. I'm definitely going. Yeah, it's so um, I have never seen – yeah, I mean I've never seen this movie on the big screen, obviously. Uh, would love to. And I love that there are you know more and more events like this where they're replaying older movies on big screens. Um like I also saw that in, I think it's either the end of June or beginning of July, uh, Moonrise Cinemas, the drive-in in North Plymouth is going to be playing mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. I mean, I would love to check that one out too. The, uh, Never been the to that place, one. the original one. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I've heard good things though. Um, and from what I've seen, they they play some cool movies. So it's not just like silly, like Pixar movies or anything. They they have some legit stuff. Where It's in North Plymouth, but where in North Plymouth is it? Um, I'm not positive. I want to say it's like on that like kind of open fieldish area. Okay. I could I be thought... totally wrong. I I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. I have I have no idea, but I've never seen it. Like I've never driven by it or anything. Yeah, I've seen it on my DoorDash app because it's you can like get food from there. To... We did see a movie at the Plymouth Plantation movie theater, which was interesting when we saw that with those two grandmas that were there. Pretty fun. Yeah, that was an interesting experience seeing Last Night in Soho with all those older people that yeah. were like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> My buddy saw movie it was great. as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, a, a couple, I'd say more than a couple, probably four years ago, I went with a buddy down to this like really old like play theater. Uh, I want to say it was in like Dennis Yarmouth. It was like pretty far down, down Cape. And they did a screening of uh, the original Evil Dead. And that was really cool. That's it was awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was like uh, the week awesome. of Halloween. Yeah, it was sick. So I would I'm love to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, Matt, you did this too, but uh, when back when during COVID, when Barrett's was doing the uh, the drive-in screens and screams and they were doing the double features, you did you guys go to one of those? Uh, no, we were supposed to. And then wow, we sold our ticket. I don't remember why. We had to sell our tickets to a friend and they, luckily we were able to, but something happened that we couldn't go. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We we did the one with uh, it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space and the new the new It reboot. It was mm-hmm. awesome. It was a great time. So, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff all around. All right. Uh anybody have anything else before we jump into tonight's movie? I will take all your silence and your blank <laughs> stares into my screen. But that's a no. All right. So, hey, we're back talking about another 2022 movie release. And this movie is called Men. How about that? Just Men. Yay. Not a very subtle title, I will say. Um, and not a very subtle movie. <laughs> uh, at certain times can be about as subtle as a sledgehammer to the face. Uh, so I guess with that being said, Matt, Andrew, I mean, Jesus, uh, we all suck, huh? Jesus, we're terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was times I definitely felt pretty uh, uncomfortable, but it was also times I've like, wow, I've done things like that. Like I've had that kind of attitude. So it was kind of, it was interesting. So admittedly, it's like, I mean, we're all people, but yeah, you notice more when it's like kind of, port- when you know it's like portrayed for that reason, you're like, oh yeah, I've definitely been like, yeah, why don't you chill out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like this kind of uh, almost for misogyny. This is almost this movie is almost like for misogyny. What Get Out was to like not so subtle but subtle types of like racism, that type of thing. Unconscious like, bias, e- exactly. Like that yeah. type of stuff. And I'm sure we'll get more and more into that as we go throughout the movie here. But I mean, Jesus Christ, man, oh man, what a weird ass movie this was. 
I can say that I, I, uh, I definitely will not forget, you know, the first time watching this movie where I was, uh, especially at, uh, at certain points. So why don't we just go around the horn here and, uh, you know, give some overall thoughts. Uh, Hey, Kat, you want to, uh, you want to kick us off and tell us what you thought about men? Sure. From, from a lady's point of view. (laughs) Sure. From a lady's point of view. Absolutely. Um, Oh, I mean, my my initial thoughts from when the movie started to when the movie ended were completely different. Um, <laughs> like in the beginning, it was it was awesome. It's kind of this artsy movie. It takes place in where, where? like somewhere in Europe. Like in, she said England. she's from London, right? In- England. Yeah. England. So like it reminded me when I went to Ireland of all the pretty like, you know, the roads there and it's scenic and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, this is cool. The way they shot it was like artsy and stuff. So I said, oh, this is like totally right up my alley. I'm going to really like this. Um, and it just, it seemed like a different type of movie, almost gave me like Pan's Labyrinth kind of vibes in a weird way of like how it then kind of morphs into these like men who become these monsters in weird ways that like seem like the naked guy mostly. He kind of was just like this monstrous man kind of person, right? Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, it started out as this like really pretty artistic kind of movie. And then all of a sudden it turns really dark. And by the end of it, I was kind of like, what the hell did I just watch? Like, <laughs> The movie ends and all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I need some time to think about that movie. Like I actually when it was over, I was like, I kind of want to now like thinking about it. I want to I want to see it again just to kind of like rewatch it and kind of digest a little bit more because I feel like everything when it started, when action started like picking up, it just went so fast. I couldn't agree with you more on that. I still don't even necessarily know that I really liked it a lot, but I feel like I just, it was at least effective in the sense that I've essentially been thinking about it nonstop for the last day. I mean, yeah, I definitely, I feel like there's, there's so many layers to this and there's tons, so much symbolism and imagery and meanings behind colors and depth and just overall meaning to kind of ponder over here. So there's a lot to digest and think about. And I feel like this is the type of movie where upon further viewings, you kind of, it it might get a little bit better. Or just you'd understand it more. It would have like a deeper meaning, I think. That too. Oh, that too. Andrew, what'd you think of this movie? Um... Beautifully shot. Because I'm not going to lie, this this seems like a movie that you uh, that that would this be is, right up right up Andrew's I have, alley. I have uh, <laughs> I plenty of madness to get into later. I don't want to do it right off the bat. Because there might be some spoilers in it, but just my general theories of the movie and stuff like that. Because this is one of the first movies since we've been doing the podcast that I went into completely blind. And even after watching it, I remained completely blind. I didn't read any reviews. I didn't look up anything. I just wanted to keep my own thoughts and see where they land um i know matt you looked into a little bit and you kind of mentioned that it's very open for interpretation which a movie like this uh makes sense i've it to me it felt a lot like if you've ever seen mother um i don't think it was necessarily as good as mother i love that movie i think mother like mike uh matt you had that in like your top five of the 2010s i believe yeah Um, that's a phenomenal movie this movie Mm -hmm. I feel like upon further viewing might get better and better or it might get worse and worse but i thought it was extremely well acted rory kinnear was fantastic i mean he had like he was like michael myers in this movie yeah he was not 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 the horror michael myers like the gold member and gold whatever it is austin powers austin powers Powers. yeah (laughs) uh which he actually has a new show on netflix i saw the first episode of it's a little strange but not not a bad uh not a bad one yeah jesse buckley was awesome i feel like i love movies with a lot of symbolism and imagery and just deeper meaning because I feel like even when the movie doesn't have any action or anything going on, there's stuff that you pick up, look for, enjoy, especially a movie like this, where I have a certain very religious background from when I was younger. So there's a lot of stuff that I pick up watching these movies that I find interesting. So I thought this was just a really good movie. I don't know how much I like it is, is like you were saying, Mike, or if I was just like shocked watching it, but it's, it's definitely, there's no doubt it's not a memorable movie. I'll never forget watching this. Yeah, for sure. And I, I also, I mean, there's a ton of religious, you know, symbolism in this. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, just from even one of the first shots of the movie, I mean, there, you know, callbacks to like Adam and Eve, forbidden fruit, that type of thing. Uh, A lot of pagan elements in this is I thought this was very much like a folk horror movie, which Matt, I know is one of your favorite subgenres in horror. 
So I would love to hear your thoughts on this movie because I know that we all were kind of sharing our state of shock after walking out of the theater of scenes, but I don't really think we've talked too much about our feelings about it. So Matt, I'd be really interested to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, so I definitely, I feel like I looked the most into it before seeing it um, and possibly the most into it after seeing it as well. I, I spent a lot of time yesterday um, watching a few things about it and just reading some reviews and some interviews with Alex Garland and Jesse Buckley and stuff like that. Um, I know that there's that whole symbol with that like tree man stone that they find in the church. And then you see that other stone on the other side, which is what looks like a kind of a man, but a woman giving birth. Like it's, it's hard to make out. It's a very like weird, old, ancient looking image, but um, I have some details on those, which we can get into at any point. So I, I have the yeah. names for them and everything too. Um, but I know that it was supposed to be kind of like a full core. Mm-hmm. I know that the naked stalker guy is supposed to kind of represent that tree man or the like almost like a green knight type deal um, where I I thought the movie was very good. I thought it was very well made in terms of being a well-produced movie. I thought the acting was incredible. I thought Rory Kinnear was extremely funny and also very sinister at the same time. Jesse Buckley did a great job as well of just being just very a normal person. Like it was just like this was just a lady who's just going through some shit and she's trying to work it out. There was no there was nothing was forced. It wasn't like I felt like I had to go above and beyond to kind of feel bad or enjoy her character. It was just everything between the characters was very natural. And I think that kind of speaks to what the content between the men and the women has to say in general about society is that you're watching these conversations and you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that does happen a lot. And it is an uncomfortable conversation to be had. But I think it was an important, um, just an important note on daily life. So, but then it totally, the, the last third act devolves into just mayhem and that's where i kind of had to look into a little more afterwards and try to hear some other people's thoughts and this that and the other thing and i want to talk about that a little bit later because i still think there's a lot of stuff towards the front of the movie and like the kind of main story that brings her here in the first place to unravel before that all gets talked about because that the whole, that the last 20 minutes of the movie is like insane i just kind of sat there with my mouth open that shit crazy Absolutely yeah. insane. I, I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. Just wild, wild shit. I, like, I was just, I, <laughs> like, my, my jaw actually, like, dropped at one point. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, I literally was just looked at my buddy, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hard left turn into, like, full-on, like, 80s body horror, like, Cronenberg-type shit. Just yeah really really without without spoiling it because i don't know maybe there are some people that haven't seen this movie yet that are listening to this point so no you know i guess that's about as spoilery as i'll I'll get at at this particular point but yeah it's um it's the type of third act that you will not forget anytime soon it's uh very uncomfortable and tough to watch yeah (laughs) yeah yeah very gross very gross for sure um yeah yeah yeah, but I, I don't really think there's one easy explanation kind of to go off what you were saying, Matt, for what the hell this movie is actually about, which, you know, I think that's kind of a cool thing that's left open for interpretation. And I, you know, having read a little bit more about it today and kind of letting it digest a little bit, I, I think that, you know, Alex Garland, who we'll talk a little bit uh, more about here in a little bit, has kind of left it open for interpretation and hasn't really explained a whole lot or hasn't given a definitive answer as to what everything's about, which, you know, some people may like that. Some people may hate that. But, you know, that's that's a move for sure. But I mean, obviously, it's it's tough to, t- to talk about this movie and not talk about, you know, like some of the themes it touches on, right? Like toxic masculinity, misogyny, cycles of abuse, abuse of power, like that type of thing. But I also just want to echo the fact that I thought that the acting in this, which there's really only like four or five actors in this movie. Yeah. But especially Jesse Buckley and I mean, Rory Kinnear was awesome. He's really good in everything that he's in. Um, mm-hmm. He was great. He he he's uh, he's in all the new Bond movies with Daniel Craig. He was actually awesome in Penny Dreadful. If any of you guys have watched that show, I know Kat and I watched it. He plays the like the the newer version of like Frankenstein's monster. It's awesome in that. Very uh, memorable role in the uh, pilot episode of Black Mirror, where he uh, may or may not fornicate with a uh, barnyard animal, which is uh, 
tough to pull off in a way that's, uh, you know, <laughs> dramatic and serious, but he manages to do it. So I don't know. I thought that he was, he was fantastic. And I was trying to put my finger on where I've, I've seen Jesse Buckley before. Um, I don't think I've seen a lot of stuff that she's been in. Andrew, I know you mentioned that one particular movie. She was also in uh, Chernobyl, which was an awesome show. That that was oh, a was she one of the nurses? Show. I believe so. I believe she okay. was, but she's in. She was in that, and that show was awesome, but also like a very heavy, fucked up show. Yeah. Um, but she's been in a bunch of other stuff. I feel like she's she's an up and coming name to watch for because she's great in this. So yes, yeah, she was nominated for an Oscar. Um, 2021 for a movie, The Lost Daughter. She was nominated for um, a supporting actress role, um, which I thought was nice. very impressive, obviously. And then she was in another movie called Beast, which I've heard is very good. But that's really it. I know uh, in Fargo, the TV show. I did see that as well. Um, I actually like that show, but I haven't it's seen cool. the season that she's in. But I knew she was in it. I saw like her IMDb thing and saw that. But I know that um, there was a lot of credit to her just for being Oscar nominated and being able to be a horror movie actress. That's always, always cool. Oh, for sure. And I feel like you're starting to see that, you know, not starting to see that, but you see that more and more with, you know, very serious, dramatic actors taking on these roles in horror movies. And that's just a great thing, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So uh, real quick. Where do you think this might rank for movies this year? I know we kind of re- we did all this last week with Firestarter, so I don't necessarily want to rehash the entire thing. But I mean, in terms of what you guys have seen this year, I mean, which we have like Scream, X, The Cursed. <laughs> I think we can all safely say that uh, Firestarter is probably towards the bottom of our list for uh, for some of those movies. But I mean, towards the top, towards the bottom, thoughts all around. Cat, why don't you go first? I'd say uh, definitely towards the top for me. Um, I liked it overall. It was graphic, but I mean, I, I still liked the movie. Um, definitely better than Firestarter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it doesn't take very yeah. much for that. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably I probably liked it more than Scream just because it was a way better movie, like shot better. You know, everything was better about it. So probably one of my top like top couple movies this year. I mean, that's a huge admission for you to say that this movie is better than Scream. So safe to say you like the movie quite a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, Andrew, what about you? I would put this at the top so far from the, at least the mainstream movies I've seen. I don't know. Not that maybe honest, but I think that, yeah, this would probably be my top of the year so far. Just the way it's done. Beautiful. It's just a beautifully done movie, which goes a long way with me in this. Like I said, the symbolism and all that stuff. This is close to the top for me too. I think this is definitely the most interesting movie that I've seen this year so far with, uh, and it gives you the most to think about and, uh, you know, digest and, and chew on and think about what the meeting is. So I'm, I'm with you guys there. Mr. Audette, what about you? Um, I think that this, in terms of a film being made, this is the, the better movie. It's the best movie so far. My favorite. I liked X. I thought X was a lot of fun. So I like X more, but I think this is a better movie, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. I, I enjoyed me. X more, but th- in terms of like filmmaking and like really viewing the movie and the story and how serious it took itself, this is a better movie. X is definitely more of a straightforward movie in terms of plot. Uh, this is definitely a more artsy, uh, you know, more of a a film, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, that's a perfect segue. So let's do the same thing that we did here. Matt, I think this was the last week that we had before you were on permanently. Um, let's time to play better or worse. The a 24 edition. So we just talked about X rapid fire. You guys was men better or worse than the following a 24 movies, the witch. I say the witch was better. Yeah. I like the witch better personally. Anyone else? Like the witch better. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going with witch too. Okay. How about which way are you going? <laughs> green room, better green room, better or worse than men. I love Green Room, so I'm going to pick that one well over men. I'm with you, too. Andrew, Green Kat? Room's a lot more entertaining, but... I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think you did see it, but that's okay. We'll that's just move on. Let's go with yes. Uh, guys, is men better or worse than the Black Coat's daughter? I liked Black Coat's daughter better, personally. I liked men. I feel like I that's don't tough. remember I'm Black torn. Coat's daughter now. It was oh so God, long really? ago. We did a... Oh my god! It was like a year ago. He watched this movie. Jeez. How I watched it once. Like I don't remember. That's you know how many tough. movies I watch that you actually watch, or you're looking at your phone while you're watching. I mean, if I watch the trailer, then I'd be like, oh yeah. So I guess I don't know. I gotta go with. Um, I'm gonna go with the tie. 
That's tie. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I can't. I know that's lame. How about hered- How about hereditary? Hereditary is better. Hereditary is better. Okay. Here's an interesting one. Midsommar. Midsommar or men? I like Midsommar better. I saw that in theaters twice. I was blown away by that movie. I feel like I Andrew? need to see it again to Pat? really. I liked I liked Men better. I think I liked Men better too, but I I want to I want to like Midsommar though. I think I hated it initially, but I want to like rewatch it and give it another chance. You should. I I want I I feel the same way. I feel like I I walked out of this movie liking it better than Midsommar. I feel like I need to give that movie another chance. I feel like this movie would actually be a perfect like pairing for a double feature with I Midsommar. Agree. One of the things that I think all these movies have in common, at least A24 has a very unique way of putting you inside of situations that you have absolutely no business. Um, for example, with uh, with Midsommar and Hereditary, you're watching people grieve the loss of their family members, which is an incredibly private and devastating experience. And you're right there with them. And I have a, it's just, I've always found that very interesting to see in a movie because you don't really get to see that like deep sadness that you see from Tony Collette and from Florence Pugh. And kind of the same with this movie where it deals with a divorce, it deals with suicide and like these kind of things. And it's just, you're, you're seeing this argument that kind of leads down this crazy very very dark private path and for some reason you're just there you're watching it happen and you're a fly on the wall for these two people's pivotal moment in their lives and end of their lives so it's they have a very unique way of kind of exposing you to things that you really are they're very behind closed doors i think it's it's fascinating that they do that and they put it on a big screen these are big wide release movies that are kind of I, I almost want to use the word taboo but i think that's a little oh, over the top but it's it almost is like it's taboo like this is we're seeing things where we shouldn't be true but i think the real world is well real it's a real mm-hmm. situation that everyone experiences exactly. throughout their life in one way or another and they just are brave enough to put that out there and it goes to show that like people kind of want to see that type of stuff you might not think you do but then you see it and you go wow that I feel like it's a good way to help people, even if they're grieving on their own way, um, mm-hmm. you know, I realize agree. that we're not alone in this. Like everyone experiences grief, trauma in their own way. I don't know. Yeah. I guess very deep, Matt. Very deep. Like, yeah. Well said. <laughs> well said. Yeah. A- A24 definitely knows how to uh, make you feel like a bag of shit walking out of one of their movies for sure. <laughs> Speaking of bags of shit, one last uh, one last comparison, Andrew. I know your answer because I know my answer as well. Uh, what was better, Men or The Lighthouse? Oh, The Lighthouse. Just I agree. I agree. I, mean, I fucking love The Lighthouse. I like Men. Okay. Better. Why are you raising your hand? I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't Last Night in Soho an A twenty four? It was no? not an A twenty four movie. I don't believe it was. I can find oh, out. Very well could have been. I mean, it seems like it's right up that alley. So. I is feel Edgar like it Wright, was. right? I'm looking it up. Why. Keep talking. No, I know Edgar Wright did uh, a movie. I'm not sure if he ate 24 thighs before that. You know what I didn't know is that Alex Garland wrote 28 Days Later. I was you actually yeah, I was going to bring that up. Day, I was like, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, that is wild. Yeah, he's a frequent collaborator with Danny Boyle. Um, mm-hmm. And Last Night in Soho was distributed by Universal and Focus Pictures, so it was not an A24 movie. Okay. Too flashy. Too too flashy and too big of a budget for A24, I think. Was Shaun of the Dead Universal? Shaun of the Dead was Universal. And Focus. So yeah, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let's stay on Alex Garland here for a little bit. So you just brought up the fact, Matt, that he he did uh, he he wrote Twenty Eight Days Later, which is a, obviously a fantastic movie. And as I just mentioned, Garland, in addition to being a novelist, uh, also is a pretty prolific screenwriter who has frequently worked with Danny Boyle on projects like The Beach, which was a uh, <laughs> an early Leonardo DiCaprio movie uh, right after Titanic, which not a lot of people saw. Uh, also wrote that movie Sunshine, which is a Danny Boyle movie. If any of you guys have seen that, it's got Killian Murphy in it, Chris Evans, bunch of people. It's an underrated movie. Um, but also, you know, in in horror circles and sci-fi circles, is a little bit more famous for uh, most recently writing and directing uh, Ex Machina and Annihilation. Uh, Annihilation, I loved, uh, yeah, and I know you guys so. both liked Ex Machina as well. Yeah, both those movies are phenomenal. Yeah. 
So this guy's got a pretty good body of work. Um, he also worked on a, a, a TV show for FX a couple years ago that was called Devs, which I never saw. I know Nick Offerman was in it. Um, Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. It's a pretty serious and, uh, show from what I understand. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. I've, I've never seen it, so I can't really speak to what it's about very much, but I know it's another sci-fi type thing. He's big into the sci-fi, but this is kind of his first, uh, his first you know, full-blown balls-to-the-wall horror film. And I think he definitely showed in this movie that he's got the chops to uh, <laughs> direct a full-on horror movie, I would say, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then uh, I guess, you know, one one last thing to touch on here before we kind of talk a little bit more about this movie and spoiler territory and, you know, some of the details and maybe some of the meaning. Um, so this de- just debuted in theaters over the weekend. Uh, you know, both of us, uh, all of us saw it within the last 48 hours or so. But, you know, a- as you'd probably expect for a smaller A24 horror movie to perform at the box office, uh, opened in just over 2,000 theaters across the U.S. and uh, basically earned about $3.29 million over the weekend, putting it at the number five spot on the current domestic box office chart behind uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the new Downton Abbey movie, which I did not know that there was even another Downton Abbey movie. Uh, The Bad Guys, don't know what that is. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2, all ahead of men on the box office charts. So it didn't really That's because people, right? people are stupid and they're watching those. Yeah, downtown. a lot of those kids' movies, that those are always yeah. going to be higher. On Sonic the, the Hedgehog, too. I, I haven't even seen the first one. I didn't know there was a second one already. <laughs> I didn't even know. Jesus. I didn't even know there was one Downton <laughs> movie. I thought, yeah, I thought that was a show. British TV show from like the 80s. Kat, given your love for, uh, you know, British TV about, you know, royals and weird British people, I can't believe that you haven't watched Downton Abbey. I know that uh, a lot of people love that show. No, I'm uh, I'm faithful to the crown and ah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. I haven't watched well, I... Abbey. I need more time. I think. Okay. Well, this movie is definitely more interesting than any of those other movies by far, and I don't think A24 went in with the expectation that this is going to make a ton of money, as you know, not a lot of A24 movies do. I would say probably the most successful ones, um, X was pretty successful, Hereditary was pretty successful, but I don't think that they went in uh, expecting this to you know, burn all the movie theaters down in terms of the uh, box office sales. So I feel like it's right on par with uh, was pretty what they usually get. Too. Yeah. That was that was pretty successful. A twenty four definitely made a name for itself. Oh, for sure. I mean, you'd have to say that really advertised though. Like they they really advertised the crap out of Midsommar. I feel like like all the hype with the trailers and everything. So I did. I mean, there's a reason why that did so well because people are just anticipating it to come out. Well, Midsommar was on the cover of Fangoria too, right before it came out. So yeah, it was getting a lot of pub for sure. But I mean, it just goes to show that I mean the two the two preeminent working studios in horror are a24 and blumhouse and i feel like they both churn out completely different types of movies and yeah and your mileage may vary depending on what type of horror fan you are if you like weird indie heady strange violent gory horror a24 is probably your thing if you're more of like a friday night saturday night go to the movies and eat popcorn and have a good time type of horror fan then blumhouse might you know, be a little bit more your bag, but I mean, I like a good amount of movies from both of them. So, but yeah, pretty much anything they churn out is going to, is going to do pretty well. I'm not going to lie. When I got hungry, but when we were watching this movie, by the time I got hungry, I was not in the mood to eat what was going on on the screen. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't say I blame you there. That's actually a pretty good segue. So before we dive into a little bit more of the gory details about some more of this movie, why don't we pause real quick for a word from our sponsors? We'll be back in 90 seconds. It's official. The critics decision is in. Spooky world is spectacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. Or the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. On the 24-hour Spooky World Hotline. 508-838-0200. That's 508-838-0200. Spooky World is just west of Boston. And haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-838-0200. It's America's horror theme park. Spooky World. Don't be scared. 
I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Piffle. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Creepy flowers! Live, it's alive! It's alive! The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's killing us. Then creep next door to the Abington Airhouse. Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. And we're back. All right. Thanks again to our sponsors. All right. Why don't we talk a little bit more about men here, you guys, and uh, what we thought it meant. Maybe some half-assed analysis of this movie. Uh, would anyone like to tackle this first? Andrew, I know you said you had some pretty wild theories. Why don't you uh, kick us off there, buddy? I can't wait for okay. this. All right. So I don't know how <laughs> wild these theories really are. Just upon watching it, I'm just going to go through it real quick. So basically, we've talked about, you know, Adam and Eve, Guardian of Knowledge, all that shit. So basically, Harper is Eve movie, in my opinion. She gets to the the house she's staying at, and she eats the apple from the tree that's fallen. The guy brings up the forbidden fruit um, when she first arrives, you know, kind of implying that, you know, she shouldn't be eating it, but she does anyway. And um, what I feel like that means is basically she's Eve in the fact that um, Eve coerced or convinced Adam to eat from the uh, knowledge of good and evil, which is basically her convincing her boyfriend to kill himself, even though she didn't really convince him. So basically, I feel like there's that tie-in. Um, I feel like also her tie-in with Eve is the fact that um, Eve is basically blamed from the beginning of the Bible for the reason for all of men's sins, because the first sinner basically by eating from this tree, which religion is basically the beginning of the systemic toxic masculinity that is, exists in the world is because of religion, because of how we view Eve. Um, I mean, even in the book of Genesis, basically God says, I need to find a partner for man that's suitable for him. Instead of thinking about the way her life is, he's more con concerned with how the man's life is. So basically, I feel like this movie just touches on that fact that religion, and then you see it too with the priest when he's basically telling her, uh, you know, did you give him a chance to apologize? Well, no, you don't, he doesn't deserve a chance to apologize in that situation. Like he made a bad decision. She's, she has every right to kick him out of the house and be like, get out of here. And just by saying the things that he says to her, those shouldn't be tolerated and she shouldn't feel bad or guilty, which she does feel inevitably guilty for it. Um, I also feel like too, that the weird naked guy that follows the woods is actually Satan. Um, deceiver basically because he is he transforms throughout the movie um he follows her he's the first um person that she doesn't kill him but when he sticks his arm in the slot the male slot and she stabs him in the hand and then tears it back the the wound it looks like a serpent's tongue the way his hand is after the fact it's like a snake's tongue split down the middle it's a little bit weird with that but um yeah i don't know i do think it just basically says that you know I feel like the, the meaning of this movie is that toxic masculinity stems from religion. This is a very religious movie, I feel like, in a lot of points of views, in that, you know, you have that weird thing scene at the end where she's constantly giving birth and giving birth, and that's just the systemic, you know, man's, the, the sins of the father beget the sins of the father, and just continues on and continues on until we put an end to it. And basically, she put an end to it at the end of the movie, I feel. Like. Very nice, Andrew. Oh, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> yeah, nice. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Can always depend, and, and you know, obviously, I know you, you, you know, growing up, you had a, you had a lot of experience with religion, so it's very interesting to hear your point of view on these things because it's way, way more knowledge than I have in that field for sure. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff, good stuff. Um, but just to touch on a couple of things you talked about, I mean, Jesus, what a piece of shit her husband was, huh? Oh my God, yeah. just the worst kind of guy. Oh, awful. Yeah, terrible. Anyone that uses that as a reason to not leave me, you know, that's just. Telltale sign, yeah, you should reasonably. Yeah. Matt, Cat, uh, you guys have anything you want to add there? Um, I have kind of a different idea. So the one thing I'm having a hard time trying to decide on, this is why I want to watch it again, because I, I, I'm curious if I may, may be able to really like nail it down. 
but it comes down to can like do all the faces look the same to her or do they all look the same to us and i think those are two very different ideas now if they look all the same to her then she's just has this flat perception that every man is just the same and we see that in the end like what you brought up andrew when he slides his hand to the the door she stabs him and he pulls his arm away and he gets this big slice in his arm. Ultimately, he ends up breaking his ankle as well. And at the end of the movie, you have this whole rebirth situation where her husband is the last one to kind of come through. And when he jumps off the building at the beginning and you see the injuries he has, he has the exact same injury. He has the, the slice in yep. his arm. He has the broken leg. And it's ultimately that every man she sees, she just sees the awfulness that she found in her husband. Now, the other way to look at it is that she's seeing all just these people and we're seeing that they're all the same and that she can't even separate herself. She's so wrapped up in the grief that she can't even see that she's just continuously being hammered by this awful manipulation and gaslighting and this that, and the other thing until she speaks with the vicar, the priest. And she's kind of like, mm, you know what, buddy, fuck you. Because he's throwing the guilt at her. He's like, well, because he punches the, the husband, punches her in the face. And he's like, well, you never gave him a chance to apologize. It's like, maybe if you gave him a chance to apologize, he probably wouldn't have killed himself. Also, and it's just, just the worst. An, an insanely twisted just idea to have. And just this, it's so backwards. And so I think having it be that way, it just shows that she's just completely blind to everything. Like the, the grief has just consumed her until the end when her friend Riley shows up and you see that she's pregnant and she is a whole full, what a woman like is like, she has the, everything a woman is, is the being able to give birth and hold life and all these wonderful things. And you see her with this big smile and the movie ends. And that's the safety net that all the grief has been washed away. All the men are gone. And it's like, it's a, it's a definitely, I think it, that has more of a feminist point of view to the whole story. So it's just kind of, those are my ideas and my takeaways just off the single viewing and some things I kind of read into, but I think it comes down to, do the faces look the same to her or are they different people? And to us, like, what do they call it? Dr dramatic irony that we can see what's going on that she doesn't know. So those are my ideas. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. I'll try to keep that as smooth as I can. <laughs> no, so. no, I no good, good stuff. I like that. I Very hadn't considered your, your, uh, your take on the ending the last scene i hadn't really considered that point because i was I, I was still kind of lost as to what they what, what was supposed to be happening there at the end but i feel like that's a pretty solid explanation for what they were trying to go for thank you Kat, very nice what do you very got nice. anything you want to add um i have to agree with matt with his second the second version that you had when it started with the, the vicar and like kind of went through that whole thing i think that that's kind of like spot on initially how i thought because I feel like when I when this movie ended, I was just like in a state of shock. And then Andrew's like, he's like going into all this detail. We were like sitting after and I was like, how did you even get it? I was just like shocked. Like at the end of the movie, I was just like not even like processing like anything that happened. But I think Matt said it perfectly. Like I, I feel like she was very like processing her grief when the, the vicar said all that stuff to her. That was like a turning point and like, the little boy and how they all look the same and like i wasn't even looking at it i was like oh that guy kind of looks like that guy or that guy kind of looks like that guy like i didn't really put it together in that movie until later on that i was like oh wait they're all the same guy but is the cop <laughs> the same guy too yes yeah they're yeah. all they're all the same guy there was that oh. innocence and curiosity that each character portrayed until she talked to the vicar and everything kind of right. It changed. changed. The yeah. tone changed after that. Yeah, because in the beginning, she's taking a walk. And I'm like, what a dumb person for like just walking on like you're in the middle of nowhere in like a, <sighs> your backyard and you're just taking a walk down this. Oh, let's go through this dark <laughs> tunnel. And like there's a guy always oh, running at me now. Oh, no. What am I going to like? What is the matter? How Who dare she that? go for a walk? Like, You're on a vacation trying to get over your husband who killed himself and she wants to go for a walk and you're like what are you doing you psycho yeah. like, or i feel like or, i feel like she probably hasn't seen this movie before so she's probably like you know what i can probably just go for a walk and not worry about some gremlin chasing on like a main road not in the middle of the woods i don't know i just well while we're on the, the stupid English husband countryside just did he actually kill himself or did I he or so. did she oh, push yeah. him yeah no he, she definitely didn't he was push, he was like, climbing physically? on the trying to get in apparently well, 
Yeah, he was on another exactly. floor. He was trying to climb down from the, the balcony from upstairs down to their balcony. And they, she said he either slipped or did it on purpose. So I feel like that's also kind of left ambiguous as well. Yeah. Which they I feel like what, what he, he right, what he said at the end, this is what you've done to me, which I, I feel like he obviously is. It, it can be taken either like, yeah, you you drove me to kill myself or you locked me out of the apartment. You forced me to go upstairs and try and get back in a different way. Look what you did. And like a little so I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately he wasn't trying not to fall off the roof. You know what I mean? Like, I think there was intention no matter what. Right. Right. I think if I think if he say he did try to get into the window and he couldn't, I think he would have jumped from. Right, absolutely. You know what they say though: boys will be boys. So. <laughs> men will be Can't men. Can't say that anymore. I guess you so. don't say that. <laughs> so, Kat, the moral of the story is: don't go for walks in the yeah. woods. Yeah, like what you on the up English there. countryside. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I mean, who does that? There you go. go I mean, here's a dark tunnel. Let me see what's at the other end of it. Like, are you? What is the matter with you? Like an American world like, in so. London. Exactly. Yes, like American Werewolf in London. Way too many echoes. Like that. We, I, I yeah. would think that like halfway through that tunnel, it must branch off to like three other tunnels with the amount of echoes that went through that tunnel. There was no way. Like, <laughs> I was so wrapped up in that that I wasn't even paying attention to like what else Seems was going right. on. That's not surprising <laughs> for some reason. It's like there's no way that that echo is that that far. That tunnel's not that long. Like what? <laughs> One thing I will say about the echo part, I thought it was really cool that they took her singing and the echo and turned that into the music kind of towards like yeah. a, at certain parts for like the rest of the movie. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. A cool they effect. Yeah, in the trailer too. Oh, I haven't see, seen the trailer yet. I want to watch the trailer. I only now. saw the trailer one time, and I know Andrew didn't see it at all, but I, after Andrew said he was going in blind, I made a point to not watch any trailers again for it. So I can't say that I went in as blind as Andrew did. But I'm used to being blind. I, Andrew, I you, you did so. You, to, to touch on that, do you feel like going in without any knowledge about the movie, did that help or hurt your experience seeing this movie? Um, so I'll put it this way. Maybe not seeing the trailer didn't have that much of an effect. Cause like you said, Mike, you saw the trailer and it probably didn't really tell you much based off of how you reacted after the movie. Like it wasn't like the trailer gave away the entire movie. The not reading anything related to the movie or any reviews. Not look, I feel like that is a much more beneficial move because I feel like I was allowed to have my own opinions and my own thoughts about the movie after watching it instead of being like, subconsciously like oh i read this one article or i read this and like it, it just kind of even if you don't realize it you just kind of do your mindset so i kind of liked it it's going to be very difficult to keep that up because i want to know but we'll see yeah it's going to be a going to be a different experience uh n- trying not to read anything about like nope or the new hellraiser movie or yeah, anything i'm not going to read you. anything about that but i'll watch all the i don't trailers. think we're going to get anything about nope nope right i think it's nope gonna- I think it's yep. purposely going to be left to uh, just kind of you wait till the movie comes out and you see it. Even the trailer that plays before the movie, I think it's the same one that was the Super Bowl spot trailer anyway, but there's not yep. much in it. Oh. It looks awesome. Speaking of trailers, yeah. can we talk about one trailer? Because I'm assuming it was at the movie at the what was that movie with the shell and the shoes? Oh, uh, I want to oh see Oh my that. God. Marcel the shell. Uh, yeah. yeah, what the Marcel the shell and which the Marcel the Marcel the shell with shoes, right? I feel like I'm going to tell you, that was like an old right YouTube now. thing for a while. Like, when, oh, I remember really? that back when I was in like middle school. No really? Shit. Yeah. That was a thing? Yeah. Marcel. Secretly, Michelle. I'm going to watch that movie when it comes out on like streaming. Cry sources. Wicked Hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> that, thing, that thing came I'm on in the theater and I was with like, my cat did I cry? <laughs> when that thing came on, I was like, did I take an edible that I forgot that I took? Like, what is happening right now with this? But yeah, that was wild. That was wild. Um, so good stuff all around on uh, on what you guys took from this. I just want to run through some other stuff that I found online, if that's cool. Uh, I'll try and keep this as abbreviated as possible because there's a lot. But I pulled this from an article on Cinema Blend. So we talked a little bit about the two uh, the two symbols in the church, right? So kind of the the man and the woman symbols. Okay, so those are actual real ancient symbols that are called the Green Man. Not Charlie Kelly from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just the Green Man, and the uh, the female version with the exaggerated vulva, as they call it, is a pagan symbol called Sheila Nagy, is how it's pronounced. Uh, it's an old Gaelic thing. Yes, cat with your hand raised that nobody can see <laughs> um, listening to this podcast. So, 
So, uh, is a green man that kind of reminds me of like True Detective, like Spaghetti Monster, right? Green eared Spaghetti Monster, yes, very, very similar to that. Yep, yep, you're welcome. Uh, so yeah, (laughs) Sheila Nagy, uh, were basically our carvings that date back centuries that depict a woman spreading her legs and using her hands to stretch her vulva. Uh, we first see this imagery when Harper discovers the small church while she's exploring and it returns in horrifying fashion during the third act's disturbing birthing sequence. That is putting it mildly. The green man is also first seen as a carving in the church seen on the base in the middle of the room, but is personified as well. The feral man who stalks Harper after she discovers him in the echoing tunnel transforms into a human depiction of the symbol after we see him applying foliage to his face. And by the end of men, he fully reflects what the green man is said to represent rebirth. As noted, the green man is just one of many men in the English countryside sporting Rory Kinnear's face. And more than just being unified as possessors of Y chromosomes, there is important symbolism in all the parts as societal archetypes. The vicar and the policeman, for example, are both authority figures from male dominated fields and they ultimately use their positions to undermine Harper, the vicar by questioning her culpability in her husband's death, and the policeman by patronizing her fear of the stalker that was caught trying to get into her house. Jeffrey, or Joffrey, which might have been my favorite Rory Kinnear performance in the entire movie, uh, as a character overall is a bit more nuanced as he comes across as a kind of fatherly figure, but a subtle misogyny is exposed via macroaggressions whether it's repeatedly calling Harper Mrs. Marlowe or patronizingly lifting luggage and springing into action as her quote-unquote protector. These masculine viewpoints all attempt to influence Harper's perspective on the horrible incident that led her to go away to the cottage in the first place. The death of James, her husband, which followed his threat to kill himself if she were to leave him. It's not made clear at the end of Men if James committed suicide or suffered a terrible accident, but that's incidental as the focus is put on Harper's grief and guilt. Woo! That was a mouthful. Sorry, Matt, you were saying something. I was going to say when you brought up the like the small things that Geoffrey kind of mentions like subtly, he like one of the other ones or a couple of the other ones is that he mentions like not to like flush your tampons down the toilet as if like because I I I I think that's like a I was wild not to, and then when they're at I the pub did. and he refuses to let her pay. Mm-hmm. Even though she says no, 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 like I can pay for my own drink, he just absolutely until finally, like she tells, he tells the bartender, he's like, don't let her even bother. So it's like money's no good like here. Yeah, so, he just like suffocates her entire, like anything she had to say. So just there's a few little things he had, like as charming and kind of like goofy as he was, he was oh, he had some like Nigel Thornberry things going on. Nigel, <laughs> Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> he also That's could awesome. have just been trying to be a gracious host too. Like he did do a lot of things that were, but like, he was probably out of all the. It's it's like well, that's like to say like some of that stuff. I agree with ninety nine percent of that stuff, but that's like saying if I'm to open the door for you know a woman walking through that no i'm just being nice i do it to guys yeah, too so right. it's like i would i would offer to carry bags for anybody it's the insisting that it yeah. makes it you know the over yeah, the, ins- yeah. the insistence but it does make you think of this character those are fake teeth right they had to have been <laughs> The only character the I didn't like flush. was the little yes. kid because that weird like face thing they did with him, like the oh yeah, that creeped me out. I didn't like all. Well, even the little that was kid, the creepiest I, that, part that of the whole movie. Yeah, that was just like is was that a Marilyn Monroe mask? Did you did you figure that out? Was that like an Andy Warhol kind of like? It was definitely like Andy Warhol style like pop art. I don't know yeah. if it was Marilyn uh, Marilyn uh, Marilyn Manson Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Um, definitely wasn't Marilyn Manson. I can say that. I don't know if it was Marilyn Monroe or not, but that was a creepy ass mask. And then the, cre- it was even creepier when he took the mask off. That was one of the creepiest parts of the whole movie for me. Yeah. That threw me off. Cause even at yeah, that point, stuff, I was Kat. like, this has to be a little kid. That wasn't. <laughs> no. Now, um, just curious. Are there any theories out there that this possibly is just all in her head and she's experienced, this is how she's dealing with the trauma of what happened to her. And she's in like some psych ward because it's a little wild. But yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. pro- probably, but I feel like that would be a cop out. Yeah, that's yeah, that would be the like, oh, it's just a dream. Oh, cool. Dream. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of thinking that initially I was like, this lady's now hallucinating that all of this stuff is happening and they're going to it's going to 
like someone's going to come in and be like, what do you mean someone broke into your house? What do you mean this happened? Like, and it would all be fixed and it would all be like all in her head. Like I totally expected that to happen. Well, she killed somebody. Right. One thing I also thought of too, and I, I, I didn't see this in any articles, but I I read something somewhere that there's a term for it and I forget what the term is, but that the root of all, you know, misogyny and uh, basically, you know, men hating on women to put it stupidly because I can't think of a better way of putting it is like a, a subconscious effect that men are jealous that women are able to give birth and men aren't. It's like the one thing that men can't have. And because of that, there's like this inherent jealousy towards women. There's a term for it. I forget exactly what it is, but I also, I, I, I thought of that watching this movie as well, especially seeing like the birthing scenes at the end. That was led a lot of thoughts running through my head, but that was definitely a very strange thing. What else we got on men? You guys, I liked it. It was a good movie. I think it's worth seeing. Um, just, I don't, I don't really want to go deep into like how it ends because I think it's a really, really big explosive ending. It's a gut punch. It's crazy. It's out of control. And I think if you go into it, not really know, like, you can talk about rebirth, but like you don't really know what you're about to see if you go and see it. So unless you spoil it on your own, um, I think it's a cool movie. So I don't even it's know different. if we were to describe the last 20 minutes of the movie that it would do it justice. I feel like yeah. you just have to see it because I, I once you see it, you it. can't unsee it. You know? Yeah, say go that's see true. It, and then maybe even <laughs> and it's not it like it is over quickly either. <laughs> No, not at all. It's yeah. it's drags, and it keeps getting worse and yeah, worse yeah. every time. Oh, yeah. God. Here's a question for you was, guys. Go ahead, go ahead, Kat. I was just gonna say at one point I was just like, how much more of this is gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at the screen like, uh, yeah, do it was I agonizing. Watching this? What was more uncomfortable to watch? That scene in this movie, or the sawed in half scene from Terrifier? Oh, this this, this one. Yeah, because it was took forever. Yeah. So did the saw and half scene. I feel like it, it was shorter. It was shorter. <laughs> yeah. See, I even I even think that the kitchen argument that they have was a. I thought that that emotionally was a rougher scene to watch. Than, I thought that there that was that was harsh, especially when he punches her in the face. This that was horrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even worse. It's even worse because you you know it happens all the time everywhere. Yeah to a lot of people in unfortunate circumstances, which makes it, you know, a real world horror, which just sucks. So, yeah, it definitely has uh, some pretty, pretty triggering aspects to it. I guess it's, it's a hard, it's a, there's hard elements. This could be a, this, a, this is a tough watch for, you know, 99%. Yeah. yeah. In more ways than one, dude. Oh yeah. Everybody's wild. Most of them like, yeah, I like this. It's awesome. Under, understandable. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is, this is definitely not going to be for every horror fan. Uh, and I, I, I can't necessarily say I would blame anyone that said that they were turned off by this movie. I, I, I get it. Um, you know, people like different types of stuff. So what can you say? This is definitely one of those movies where I'm going to like suggest watching it just so I can. Oh, mm-hmm. Are you ready? Are you re- I don't think you're ready for this. <laughs> I don't yeah, think well, you're ready for this jelly. It happens out of nowhere. All of a sudden, yeah. it's just, oh, yeah. you're like, whoa, wait, what the oh, fuck yeah. are you looking at? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Why is he really fat all of a sudden? Like, oh, 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 my yeah, God. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Looks now, my cat, imagine being at Plymouth Plantation watching this movie, sitting next to someone's grandparents seeing during that scene. Like, oh, my God, what are we watching right now? There, someone yeah. walked out when I saw it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, he walked out. Uh, I I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. They're way further up and it was dark, but it was during the, the fight, the kitchen fight. They walked out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm, okay. You yeah. just reminded me of well, it, though, because I was like, oh, they probably... Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Kat, Andrew, final thoughts on men. Bueller. Men suck. <laughs> I mean, that's my general, <laughs> general thesis <laughs> of the movie. Men suck. My thoughts on men, men they suck. Men equals bad. I like not in the Not in the sense of the movie, though. It's a, it's cool. I definitely... I like it. I, I, uh, awesome. I cool is not the again. right word. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. If you're a horror fan, you need to see it. It's going to be probably one of the most talked about horror movies of the year, I would say, just in terms for the ending alone. And you probably don't want to miss it. And you certainly will remember where you were when you saw it. That's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Try and go see it in theaters if you can. Absolutely. 
gets good for you. Get out of the house, go to the theater, and yeah. uh, you know, go see a go see a fucking movie. Right on. I don't know about snacks during this movie though. No. Yeah, don't snack. No don't snacks. snack. I had a hot dog. Um, thankfully, I was. <laughs> Maybe. He had the last. He had the last hot dog. Mike tried to get a hot dog and he couldn't. Yeah, because I tried to get a goddamn hot dog and you had the last one. I was the kid was like, "Yeah, we don't have any more. They're not going to be ready for like a half an hour." I was like, "Dude, there are like four of them right there." He's like, "Oh, they're not ready yet." Those are like, mine. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those are like, my hot dogs. Like, I'm eating those for later. He was like, "What are you insane? Fucking... Those have been there since Dude, the Simon era." <laughs> it's a perfectly sane food to eat. Well, not only that, I tried to get a hot dog. Fucking Andrew got the last one. And then they they now have uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos popcorn. I was like, yeah, baby, give me that. And he was yeah, like, no, oh, no, that. we don't have that either. I was like, you little fuck. I was like, God damn it. Just give me a small popcorn then, I guess. What the fuck? They have nothing. Cause they have pretzels on the menu, too, and uh, they didn't have those. So that pretzels, nachos. They don't have any of it. They just have ices and popcorn, pretty much, and one hot dog, apparently. So, nachos, great. lemonheads, great. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. I know. I always forget that they have booze there. I'm like, oh, mm. I forget they have like white claw. Yeah, I grabbed mm. a big truly. So I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'll grab it. And, uh... There you go, man. Excellent. <laughs> you kind of needed it. Yeah, I have an extra yeah. large icy. <laughs> I was glad I had it. <laughs> well, I think I'll end by saying, go see men. You'll have a good time with men. <laughs> men are bad. Mike men, loves men, 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 menly men, men. You love men. Fuck you. All right. Well, it's been another episode of America's Hometown Horror. Oh my god. Uh, it's been another episode of America's Hometown Horror, you guys. And uh, if you're listening, you can find our show wherever you're listening right now. But we're also on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. My name is Mike. I've been joined by my fellow co-hosts, Andrew, Kat, and Matt. Guys, say goodbye to your audience. And hey, who knows? Well, not not who knows. We'll be back next week with uh, something that has uh, yet to be determined. So, uh, bye. Bye-bye. Good evening. Good evening. (laughs) I hate that you say that. Good evening. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror, and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show, because of course, we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.